You're about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Senior Pastor Dr. Eddie Montgomery Sr. ministers a word entitled, Seek the Kingdom of God. Stay tuned. Declares unto us that, oh, that men would praise him. Amen. That is our job. That's part of our role in the kingdom is being able to praise God here on earth. God gets his glory every time you give God a praise. It glorifies God. Amen. Every single time it glorifies God. Before we go into the word of God on this morning, first, we want to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. Wherever you may be, we want to say happy Father's Day to you. Amen. We want to honor you in this day. And also we want to pray before we enter into the word of God. Amen. So if you will bow your heads while you're standing. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. For this day, we thank you right now, God, for being able to set aside a time, not just to honor you only, God, but also to honor those who you have chosen to allow to be fathers, Father. We pray that they may be fathers indeed, good shepherds in their homes, God. We praise you right now, Father, that everyone, Lord, that is raising a child, let them do it, Lord, as you have raised us, Lord. For we are like little sheep in your pasture. You care for us. You watch over us. You lead us and you guide us. We praise you for it today, God. We ask that you'll also honor all of our prayers on today. We thank you for the praise. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the poems. Thank you for every expression of love towards our loved ones and our fathers. We also thank you, God, for the worship. And we thank you right now, Father, for everything that we've done thus far. We pray and bless your name and ask that you bless the word, consecrate it. Let it be food for somebody's soul on today as we glorify you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I thank God for the word of God on this morning. Amen. We thank God for each of you that have participated even on the services on this morning. It did my heart glad to see especially our young people. Amen. And to listen to the songs of praises that go forward. Amen. I thank God for each and every one of you. And on this morning, we're going to be reading from the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 31st through the 33rd verse. The book of Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 31st through the 33rd verses. I thank God, amen, for this message. We have been speaking on the kingdom of God. That is a theme, amen, that pastor started uh, and all of the ministers have been consistent with that theme. And I'm going to, Lord's will, remain consistent with it on today. Amen. And that, that this scripture, Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 31st verse is the words, they're the words of Jesus. And the scripture itself begins to express God's heart. Yeah, it, it, it expressed God's heart. And I frame it this way because God is our not only good shepherd, but he's also a good father. He is. He's a good father. He's one who provides correction when it's needed. He provides exhortation. He also provides encouragement when we need encouragement. Amen. Yeah, he, he allows us some things. He allows us to, to go through some things. Amen. And he expresses his love when he gets us out of our mess. Yes, he does. Amen. And he also expresses his, his, his kindness and his goodness when he begins to bring us through things and carry us through things, things that we don't think we can bear. Our father, he bears the load for us. He finds a way to get us through it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. He finds a way to get us through it. So on this morning, our message is about the kingdom of God, but it's about the responsibility of the king. Yeah, the responsibility of the king. Because you see, in a kingdom, a king is responsible for everything that goes on. A king, he's responsible. He has sovereignty. He's the one that's responsible for making sure that all of the servants are taken care of. He's the one that's making sure that all of the messengers have the right message. That everyone who has a decree, that they have his seal of approval. He uses his signet or his ring, amen, to seal whatever it is. And when something has been sealed by the king, nobody is able or is supposed to be able to open it. Because if it's tampered with or open, you know that that message has been diluted. Something has gone wrong with it. But if it's been sealed by the king, then you know that it's an authentic message. And on this morning, I'm here to tell you that we have an authentic message because it was given to us by none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We, uh, my message, if I were to take a topic, it would be seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. Now, you may be wondering, now, Pastor, how is that consistent with the, the Father's Day? Well, the Father's Day is secondary to seeking the kingdom. Amen? Because it says in this scripture, in the 31st verse, it says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, those who at that time were pagans, those that were, were, were following idols and, and, and did, really didn't understand the truth. It says, but for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Unto you. Seek the kingdom of God. Now, the father himself knows what's in his kingdom. Yeah, he knows. You know, see, uh, when I studied history, one fascinating thing I learned about it is that the way that many countries and many territories accumulated their wealth was through conquering other territories or other, con uh, other countries. They would go about making war with them. And if whoever won the war, they walked away with the spoils. In other words, they walked away with all of the goods. And everything that they conquered and all of the land now belonged to whatever country it was that was victorious in the battle. So they owned all of that land. That's how a lot of them accumulated a lot of their wealth. Now, some people still have that same mentality. They say if they want something, that they'll go out and try and conquer it, even if it doesn't belong to them. They'll go out and conquer it. And they'll assume that once I've defeated you, then I can take your possessions or I will take a spoil. I will spoil your, your home or your land, and I'll own whatever it was that you owned. And that's how they amassed their territory. But God, it says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So God says, I don't have to go fighting for nothing because I don't own it all anyway. It's all mine, and I give it to whomever I will. So God, he doesn't have to fight for his sovereignty. He doesn't have to fight for his kingdom because it all belongs to him anyway. Even us, our souls, we're part of God's 
territory. Now see, when we understand it that way, we can say that, yes, he is indeed a good father because he says that all souls are mine. Yes, all souls are mine. All souls. Not the good souls, not the bad souls, but all souls. Because all souls come from God. We originate from God, from the Father. And since we originate from the Father, then we are very characteristically familiar to the Father. He has the same kinds of things, same kinds of characteristics that we have. God is love. So therefore, he says, you ought to love one another because he's love. God is long-suffering. He says that in patience, possess ye your soul. You've got to learn how to be patient also because this is a characteristic of the Father. And I, 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 every now and then when I am at home, I watch this, this TV show. I forgot the, the judge's name, a female judge, and it's about paternity. And she's, they, she does DNA, they do DNA testing to determine who's the father of a child in that particular case. What is it? Lauren Lake, Judge Lauren Lake. There you go. See, some of y'all been watching it too. Amen. And she, she will wait. She'll listen to both sides of the story because she's trying to determine the character of each of the ones who claim they're the parent. And as they talk, and sometimes this is a very, very egregious thing. Sometimes, you know, the, the, the women are the, are the bad guys and sometimes the men are the bad guys. But she listens to both sides. And she says, well, okay, I've heard enough. And she'll tell the bailiff, go ahead and bring me the DNA results. She says, the results are, and she begins to declare what the results are. And many times she will say, you know, Mr. So-and-so, you are the father. Or occasionally she'll say, Mr. So-and-so, you are not the father. And, and regardless of the results, the, the, the person who is in uh, the two people, parties that are in the case, you know, I look at that and I said, it's interesting how people can sometimes give birth but not realize that they are the father. They'll say, I never knew that I was the father. You know, the woman never told me that I was the father. I knew I was with the woman, but she never told me that she got pregnant or she never told me that, she, that I'm the father. So therefore, that's why I didn't have any role or responsibility in the child's life. Our father is not like that. Jesus has already imprinted his DNA in us through his spirit by infusing his spirit into our soul. And because of that, he says, you now have to understand they do that paternity test many times to determine who either receives custody or whether or not there is any kind of financial support that is due to the child. They'll say whether or not the child should have paternity or should have uh, uh, alimony or whether or not they should have any kind of, of child support due to the child. Because, and, and they use these tests to determine that. And the results of the test, she says, is, is, is conclusive. Whatever the test says, that's it. If the test says you're the father, then you're the father. If the test, the DNA test says you're not the father, then you're not the father. And you no longer have a financial responsibility for that child. It's on you if you decide to do something on your own. And I thought about that thing. I says, you know, with us having God's DNA and with, with us being part of a royal family and with us being part of a kingdom with a king who has all resources in his hand, all of the things that belong to him, all rights, all privileges, because he's sovereign, all of that, he says, I allow you to inherit that. 
to inherit it because you are my child. Now, God, see, I'm, I'm thankful for him because I've never heard somebody come up into the church and say, I need a paternity test to determine whether or not I'm a child of God. No, I never heard that. I never heard that. Either you're a child of God or you're not. Amen. If you're a child of the devil, God says, I don't have no responsibility for you. You act like the devil. You sound like the devil. You do things like the devil. So therefore, you're not my child. And he denies you. He denies you. But I thank God, amen, when you give your heart to Jesus and you say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I know I'm a child of God and God doesn't deny me. Amen. When I pray, when I cry out to him and say, Father, I have need of certain things. The Lord says, I'm going to go ahead and provide it because I know that you're my child. The scriptures tell us that we don't need to take thought for the things that we need to eat, the things we need to wear. We don't need to have to think about those things because our father, which is in heaven, he knows that we have need of those things. You see, that's an interesting concept because the father knows what a child needs. Come on, somebody. A father knows what a child needs. If a child is in school, the father knows the child's going to need some paper and some pencils and pens. He knows the child is going to need some financial support for the things that the child has to pay for in the school from time to time. Don't send the child to, to school without any lunch money. That's just not even common sense. But you're going to say, make, let me make sure I set aside the child's lunch money. And every now and then, if the child's shoelaces have popped and the child's shoes are hanging off of his feet, you know you got to take care of the child's shoes. There are things that a father does because he knows what the child needs. Our father is no different. Our heavenly father says, I do these things because I know what you need. Now, sometimes we may have desires and we have certain wants. Yes, we say, well, Lord, I want this. I want that. I want this and I want that. And the Lord may, may respond and sometimes he will allow us to, to receive some of the things that we have desires for and other things that we have wants for. But the most important thing is he provides for what we need. Yeah, what we need. It's not so much what you want. You've got to be able to distinguish what you want from what you need. Oh, come on, somebody. See, I can tell the people I, I, I need right now and I need a million dollars. Yeah, I need it. I don't want a, a million dollars, but I might not need it. Amen. I've seen, I watched a picture one time. The woman won a lottery and she had like $300,000. And she said, they asked her, they said, what are you going to do now that you have all this money? And she says, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to, it's drinks in the house, in the bar, drinks for everybody. And the, the, the man said, oh my God, that's what you're doing with your money, your newfound wealth. And she says, yes, because I want everybody to like me because I believe when I'm, I'm paying for the drinks, everybody will like me. And she was right. Because as soon as the money started getting low, she stopped buying the drinks. And as soon as she stopped buying the drinks, her friends started going away. And she found herself alone one day sitting at the bar by herself. And the bartender told her, here's your tab. And she could not pay for it. He told her, well, you're going to have to work for it or do something. I'll take your ring or I'll take whatever it is you have in order to do it. Because she forgot the fact that it wasn't what she really needed, but it was what she wanted. The drink, the alcohol was what she wanted. And she thought because it was what she wanted, that was what her friends wanted. Her friends didn't want that anymore. And after a while, she became in poverty. 
She became impoverished and she was living on the streets. And I said, you know, such a sad state for someone who can have their wants provided, but don't understand what they truly need. She went through the life and her son, she had a son, a child. So her son grew up and she could not provide anymore for her son. So she had to give him away and allow another, another family to raise him. And the boy finally got to the point. He said, mom, everything you did with all that money, he says, you did it for you. You didn't do it for me. You didn't do any of it for me. And she says, well, well, yes, I did. But there's certain I had friends and I had to take care of this and do that. He says, you did all of those things for the things that you wanted for your friends, but you never did anything that I needed. And that thing stuck with me. You never did anything that I needed. I think of our God, our Holy Father, amen, and I know that he takes concern with what we need. He watches us. Yes, he does. He watches us and he looks to see what we need. We may be telling God, well, I want this, I want that, and God will give a deaf ear to it because he knows what we need. A good father knows what his child needs. A good father will go and work overtime, and when the boss says, why do you want to work the overtime? He says, because my kids need shoes, or because my kids need such and such. So I've got to work a little bit extra in order to be able to take care of this, because I'm trying to meet my children's needs. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, is doing the same thing with us. He's a good father because he's trying to meet our needs. In the kingdom of God, he has all the resources to be able to do what we need. Yes, he does. He has all of the resources to provide us with what we need. It says that we have many, many options, many options. Sometimes when we're trying to choose this and choose that, the one thing that we were talking about in Bible study was the, the fact that the kingdom is about choices. Yeah, you choose to be part of the kingdom of God. You don't just walk in, I'm a, a child of the king. No, no, no. You choose to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you choose to do so by obeying the rules and the regulations that go along with it. If I decided that I want to continue to live here in the United States, I have to obey the rules and the regulations of the United States. To be a U.S. citizen, I have to choose to follow the laws of this country in order to be able to, to have the rights and the privileges that are associated with this country. So when I choose to follow the laws and somebody comes and says, why are you driving this way? And I said, because I'm in this country and I choose to obey the laws of this country because I'm a citizen. How many of you have ever heard somebody cry out, you can't do that to me because I'm a US citizen. Yeah, they, 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 they claim it as a right as a right because there's certain privileges that are associated with that citizenship. In the kingdom of God, the same thing applies. God says you have certain rights as a kingdom citizen. You have a certain right as a child of God. When you walk into a place and you say, well, I'm a child of God and I'm here to represent the kingdom. Now, I don't know if you ever go to the court or if you go down to the, the DMV and tell them I, I, I need this year taken care of for my car or my license because I'm a child of God. And they look at you and say, what that mean? Yeah, they, they, they don't know because they're not from that kingdom. So they, they look at you like you crazy and they start motioning for the security guard to come to take care of you. Because they say we don't, he's obviously here for a wrong reason. He's, he's confused. Well, no, but you, when you begin to declare certain things, you got to know the domain that you are operating in. 
Mm -hmm. You got to know the domain. You got to know the environment. You got to know the space that you're operating in. When you're operating in the principles of the kingdom of God, you got to know what principles apply to the, to the kingdom and which ones apply to this earth. Amen. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You can't just tell the, the, the light people or the water bill people, I'm a child, a kingdom of the, the, the king, uh, I'm a, of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of God. So y'all take care of the water bill. The water is free anyway. God made the water. God made lightning. He made the electricity. They'll look at you like you're crazy because they say this is a domain that we're operating in. And in order for us to function correctly, you got to follow certain rules that are down here. You got to pay the bill and then we'll provide you the service. You don't pay the bill. We don't provide the service. Our God is no different in those principles, saints. He says, if you expect the goodness of God, you expect the benefits of God, then yet not only will you follow the, the laws and the rules and the regulations of God, but also you'll do the things that are consistent that release the blessings of God. See, praise releases blessings. You can't praise God when you're all sour and you're all upset. You can't praise God. Uh-uh, because inside God is saying, what's going on with your attitude? And you're like, well, I don't want to deal with that right now. God says, well, I don't want to deal with you right now. Until you finally decide that your praise, might, if you start giving me some praise, then I'll start releasing some things for you. Yeah, even when it doesn't look like you should have the blessing. You praise God and God says, I'm going to release it anyway because you're one of my children. I'm going to give you the benefits of being a child of mine. His paternity kicks in. Oh, his spiritual paternity kicks in. He says, that's my, that's my child. I'm going to make sure they're taken care of because that's my child. But the choices that we make, the choices that we make determine the domain that we function in. Oh, I'll make that very, very clear. The choices that we make. When we look at our natural circumstances, then we start choosing to, to, to uh, resolve those natural circumstances in natural ways, physical ways. What can I do? What can I help or what can I manipulate in order to deal with this situation? We start leaning to our own understanding in order to address the natural things that are going on because we become natural minded and we assume that that's the domain that we're working in. But I heard a message, amen, that says we got to get above the line. Yeah, we got to get above that line because that natural line says, I can only go so far. I mean, how many of you have ever heard somebody tell you, I'll help you, but I can only go so far? Yeah, because naturally, that's as far as they're going to go. They may tell you, I'll get, you know, you need some money. I need $100. Well, I got 25 and that's about all I can do because that's as far as I can go. That's that natural line. But when you know that you're a child of the king, you say, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be able to be the head and not the tail. I'm supposed to live above and not believe. I'm supposed to be able to ask whatsoever I will and it shall be, not might, not maybe, but it shall be done unto me. When you can decree that thing because you know you're operating in a whole nother realm. That's when God says, now they're acting like my child. Yeah, that's when they're acting like my child. They're acting like they got some sense, like they got some power and they know it. Yeah, see, if you're a child and you don't know that you have certain rights, you're going to sit there and assume that everybody can just do whatever they want to you and just walk all over you because you have no rights, no privileges, no responsibility. So therefore, you let them do whatever they want. But as soon as you find out that, wait a minute, 
You telling me my daddy owns this place? Wait a minute, you telling me that my father is the one that bought all this place? You're telling me that my father is the one that controls all of this? Then you walk in and say, my daddy said. Yeah, my daddy said for me to come and get this. My daddy said me to come and get that. And they may ask, where's your paternity? Where's your proof that that's your father? You say, because I have the characteristics of the father. Look at me. I look like my daddy. I sound like my daddy. I act like my daddy. Amen? Amen. That's when you understand kingdom principles, saints. And how the father wants you to have those principles. He wants you to operate in those principles. He says, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't let nobody chump you out, making you think that you can't do something that God says you can do. Amen. Saints of God, let me tell you something. God is not going to put into your heart the things he wants you to have if he really truly doesn't want you to have them. He's going to put them in your heart if he really wants you to have them. He'll burden your, your mind. He'll burden your spirit to say, well, you know what? I really need to do this. Or I really need to have this. I really need to get this. I really desire this. And not only do I desire, but also I need it. I need this. And God knows I need it. If I need something in order to fulfill the, the will of God, God's going to make a way. He's going to find a way for me to obtain whatever it is that I need. He will make provisions for the things that he wants me to have. I'll say that again. God will make provisions for the things he wants you to have. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Hallelujah. We were looking at the, some lights. We we're adding lights into the center, very similar to the lights that are in here. And I went to Home Depot. Y most of y'all know that's my favorite place. Amen. I love Home Depot better than I love cornbread. Amen. So I can spend a lot of time at Home Depot. But I went there and the lights that they had were like $63 per light. And I said, oh no, that's way too much. I can't do that. And uh, my wife, she told me, she says, well, what did you check on eBay? And I said, well, I'll go out on eBay and I'll look and see whether or not it's there. And sure enough, when I went on eBay, I found the lights, amen? And the lights, because we know we wanted to have a little bit more illumination in the center. I said, I found the lights and the lights were only like $9 a light. And I said, Lord Jesus, I quickly went and typed up and said, yes, send. Amen. I made sure I ordered it right then and there. It's free shipping and everything. So I went ahead and clicked the, the button because I said, this is what we need. This is what we need. See, when, when God puts it in your heart, something that you really, truly need, God finds a way to make provisions for you to get it. Yes, he does. He'll open up those doors, even though you may say, well, I don't know about that. That, that seems like that's a little hard. That's, that's, a, that's a stretch for us. In fact, that's not just a stretch, that, but that's a leap. Amen? But God will find a way for you to, for that thing to get closer and closer and closer until you finally say, you know what? I, I, can, I can touch it now. I can see it. I can actually do it. I can see it. I can see myself having it. I can see myself obtaining it. I can see myself possessing it. Because it's something that I need. It's something that I need. Our Lord will supply all of our needs if we stay focused on the fact that we're in his kingdom. And he's our father and we're his child. On this father that he's letting you know that you're a child of mine. Don't let anyone make you talk you out of thinking that you're not my child. No, you're not an orphan. You're not no, 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 no. You're not no orphan now. No, you're not. But you're a child of the living God. 
And because you're the child of the living God, you have so much power, so much right, so much privilege that's attaining to you. But you got to know it. You got to stay focused on that thing. You got to know that the Lord is the one who's taking you through things. It's not about humans. It's not about people. It's not because people will mess up your mind. People will have you thinking you're nothing. You're nobody. People will have you thinking you can't do this. You can't do that. You don't have enough of this and you don't have enough of that. But the Lord, I look at our father and whenever it's something that I know I need, I say the Lord shall supply. He shall supply. He shall supply. You may not have it, but the Lord shall supply. I may not have it in my pocket right now, but I know if I keep reaching, I shall have it in there because the Lord shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. All of it. The goodness of our Lord and Savior really is what allows us to see the true heart of, our, of God, our Father. When we see the things that he has done for us, when we begin to look around and we see the blessings, we can't forget. Don't let something that God has already done for you go unnoticed. But you continue to praise him for it. Yeah, you got to continue to praise him for it. When you walk into your home or your apartment or your car, you, you sit down and you say, Lord, I thank you for this. I don't, I don't take it for granted. I thank you for it because you did this for me. You blessed me with this, Lord. You, you Daddy, I thank you. I thank you because you're a good father. You did it. But when we, he says, we, when we seek things, the choices that we make, we first have to seek a good choice. Yeah. We got lots of options, as I mentioned earlier. You got option A, option B, option C. If I were to ask the brother, you know, right now, Brother Antoine, what, what color, you know, brand new car do you want? You want a blue one, a red one, a green one? And he may have many options. But he gets one choice because I'll say, I'm only buying you one car. So when I tell him and he says, well, I like the blue and the red looks really good, too. But I got to choose. Amen. I got to choose. So it's a choice. And once he makes the choice, then I can go ahead and release the blessing to him because he's made a choice. We have many options, saints, many alternatives and many options. But we get one choice. The Bible clearly tells us to choose the kingdom of God and its righteousness, his righteousness first. That's what should be our first choice. When we choose the righteousness of God, we're saying, Lord, we're choosing your right order. Now, if you don't know what God's right order is, then you begin to pray and ask God, Lord, reveal to me your right order. What choice should I make? What is the right thing you want me to do? Not what I want to do, but what you want me to do. I want to choose what you want me to do. Lord, so that when I choose what you want me to do, then I know that I'm in your righteousness. I'm in your right order. I'm in your right standing. I know I'm doing the things that you want me to do, but I've got to choose God. You have a choice today. I'm today. You have a choice. It says, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Because see, that tells me then that, that, that God says, once you make a choice, once you make a choice, and this is proven out. Now, I know many of you probably have already seen this work out this way. But once you make a choice as to what it is God has for you and that you want, and you said, that's my choice. And the Lord blesses you with it. After a while, you'll see God begin to add things to it. 
Yeah, he'll add things to it. Uh, I bought my wife a car, and, and she says, I like the car. It's really pretty, and I really, really love it. And I said, okay, well, then, you know, we got to pay for it, and we did. I said, we got to pay for it, but that's your choice. This is your choice now. You wanted this. And once she got it, I began to find myself looking for accessories. <laughs> accessories. I saw some mats that had the logo for the car on the floor mats, and I said, oh, that would look nice in the car. She didn't ask for it. She didn't desire it, she said, but I, but I began to add to it. I began to add to it. The things that she didn't even ask for. Now see, that's the principle that I wanna close with on today. Because sometimes, saints, you, the Lord will bless you with something and you don't realize that God bless you, but he'll begin to add to it. And as he adds to it, that's your confirmation that this is what God wants me to have. This is exactly what God wants me to have because he's adding to it right now. He's adding to it. He's not taking it away, but he's adding to it. On today, I tell you, when you make the choice to follow our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, you make a choice. Amen. You do. You make a choice to follow and to pursue him in his kingdom and God will add to it. He will align your priorities with his priorities. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He'll let you know that can wait. But this is a now, is a must do. Somebody shout the word must do. Must do. Must do. Yeah, there's some things you have that are must do's. You have, they have to be done first. And everything else begins to add up behind it. If, that, if I can take care of that later, I'll take care of it. But this, I got to take care of now. He says, seek the, ye first the kingdom of God. Get it in your heart. Lord, I'm seeking your kingdom. And because I'm seeking your kingdom, you're going to reveal to me my choices. What I should choose. Not my options. Because I'll get confused with my options. Because sometimes the options are many. But if the Lord reveals to me what I should choose, that's the thing that I need to choose. And when I choose it, he'll say the other, the options, I'll add the options later. I'll add them. And how many of you really can appreciate this message on this morning? God adding to the things that he wants you to have. He gives it to you first and then he allows you to add the other things to it. And they become complementary to whatever God has done for you. Whatever the blessing is. In God's kingdom, we know that we say kingdom and we had the breakdown of the definition of that. That it's the king's domain. In other words, the king's rule of authority. And because our Lord and Savior is sovereign. Meaning nobody can't question what he does, when he wants to do it, how he does it. Can't question that because you got to say he has all of the answers. If God says, I'm going to do this now, then he's going to do it now. You need to focus on the now, not focus on, well, what about afterwards, God? What about once that's done? No, no. He says, don't be looking behind the curtain trying to see where the wizard is. No, don't be doing that. You focus on the now. You focus on the things that I'm doing for you now. And if you focus on the things that I'm doing for you now, then you know they're in alignment with my kingdom because they are in alignment with my righteousness, my order, my right standing, then everything else, everything else that's in my domain, you have access to. That's what we're talking about with this kingdom message on today. Everything that my father had before he passed away, I had access to. I didn't realize it. I didn't. I didn't realize it. He had a, a, a huge, he had a van that had all kinds of tools in it. He was a plumber. And he had all kinds of wrenches and, and all kinds of 
tools in his van. And my, my, my brother, he asked me, he says, you know, dad's van is stopped. That's what he, he called it. He says, dad's van is stopped. I said, what do you mean? He says, everything dad needs to do, he has a tool for it in the van. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And my younger brother didn't appreciate it. He didn't appreciate it. He says, now I'm going to go and, and, and try and let people break into the van and take stuff out of the van. And it was unfortunate because a lot of tools, my father, when he went to, to do certain jobs, he would say, bring me the tool on the third shelf by the, right behind the, the driver's seat. And we would say, it's not there. And he says, it's got to be there because that's where I always keep my tool. But it wasn't there because he had allowed somebody else to use it. Not my father, but my brother had allowed someone else to use it. And they never brought it back because they didn't understand the value, the value that was associated with the tools. But see, my dad, he understood the value and he knew what he had in his van. He knew all the tools that he had to work with. When you know what you've got, your mind is constantly, you don't worry about the things that you need to do because you say, I know I have a tool to deal with it. I know how to handle it. But God says that in his domain, all of these things belong to him. He knows that you are a tool in his domain. So whenever he needs something that requires your expertise or your skill, your character, your mentality, your decision-making ability, he calls on you. And, and you can't be saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm out doing something else right now. No, because when God needs you, he's going to use you for what he can do for you and how he can get the glory out of you. He does that, amen, in his kingdom. Each and every one of us bring God glory to his kingdom based on what's in us what's in us i can't i can't give god the glory that our sister in the back can bring no sister she brings god a certain different type of glory than what i bring and god is just as pleased with her glory as he is with my glory because he knows that's what's in her that's what he's put in her and what he's put in me i gotta say lord bring out of me whatever it is that's going to give you glory Lord, reveal it. Just, just pull it out of me, whatever's going to bring you glory. I'm not trying to seek anyone else's glory, but I just want you to bring out of me the glory that I can bring to you. And that's what our father does because he's a good father. He's a good father and he's a king. And it is his kingdom that we're operating in. Our choice on today, saints, should be that the Lord will be able to use us as tools in his toolbox that he should be able to use us and get the glory out of us that he has put into us the glory that he has put into us it should be our choice every single time lord let me do your will if i'm going down to pay this bill lord let it be your will if i'm going down to ask for this such and such let it be your will if it's what you know that i need not what i want god but what i need then Lord, I ask you that you'll grant it, bless me, that I might have, because I know you will supply all of my need according to your riches in glory. On today, our message is seek first, prioritize. Prioritize the kingdom. Yeah, prioritize the kingdom. Make the kingdom the first thing that you're pursuing. The first choice that I need to make is I'm going to be in the kingdom of God. That's my first choice. Everything else will be added. Everything, every, all of the other blessings, everything else will be added. But my first choice is the kingdom of God. I pray that you receive this message on this morning. Amen. We're going to ask that you stand to your feet. Amen.
You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the Word has to say to you, and we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.